Now the readings from this Sunday service are hopeful. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Kings shall come to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. See and be radiant, rejoice. Proclaim the praise of the Lord. And that's a gift of encouragement that we've received from Isaiah. It's something we need to hear every so often whenever we get down in the dumps. I like to imagine that this is what the Magi quoted to Mary and Joseph when they were at the house in Bethlehem where Jesus was raised. Hopeful words spoken to a young and growing family are always welcome. But these words would have been especially hopeful for Mary and Joseph in the coming years. It was fortunate for the Magi to visit, bringing gifts for this small family. But the visitor's joy at the arrival of a great king set into motion acts of oppression and violence directed against the most innocent and vulnerable. The story in Matthew's Gospel continues after the visit of the Magi with one of the more distressing accounts in the Bible in which Herod orders the extermination of all children in the town of Bethlehem who were under two years of age. The story is gruesome and it parallels the old story of the Israelites who suffered under oppressive rule in Egypt. At that time, the Pharaoh ordered all newborn boys of the Israelites to be abandoned in the Nile. Out of as much fear for maintaining the power of the ruling elite in Moses' day, as Herod would centuries later in Jesus' day. In times when people are desperate to hold on to what power and security they have, when they're fearful of strangers and wary of the unknown, we would do well to remember, as one priest put it, that Jesus was born to an internally displaced couple, people who were forced to be on the move within their own country. At the time of the boy's birth, perhaps for a few days or weeks, Mary and Joseph were also homeless. With no place to stay, they found shelter in either a stable or a cave. And soon they would become full-fledged refugees, people crossing the border of another country, in this case Egypt, out of fear of, in this case, violence. Overall, they knew what it was like to be seeking shelter far from home. It is my prayer for you that none of you will become like the pharaohs and herods of yesterday, nor would you tolerate that kind of treatment of another human being if you saw it or heard about it. To do so would be to deny the meaning of the incarnation, to declare that Jesus' birth in a manger was of little value to you. 
I pray instead that you would take to heart the words of Isaiah, that the words which seem so fitting for Mary and Joseph would also take root in your lives. Arise, shine, lift up your eyes. See and be radiant. I pray that you would have occasion to need to hear those words spoken to you from unexpected faces and unfamiliar languages. I pray that your life is burdened with the needs of others, as Mary and Joseph's lives were burdened with a life that became more precious to them than the whole world. I pray that you locate your life's daily work in bettering the world around you, the whole world keeping in mind the needs of others rather than accumulating excess. I pray that you are challenged beyond your own ability to manage on your own, that you would need the grace of God to be seen more fully in your life. When we face challenges that seem unbearable, we look for courage and fortitude to spur us on. And when the scope of the world's need drowns out that courage, then it's our duty to focus on the small ways we can shine in the world's deep darkness. On our own, we cannot end wars or wipe out injustice, but the cumulative impact of thousands of small acts of goodness can be bigger than we imagine. As one wise leader reflected, love begins small, but always grows. How does love begin? To Mary, it began as a brief spell of unexpected weakness one afternoon as her body began to make room for something new. To Joseph, it began as a dream of his people's redemption. To the Magi, it began as a faint star rising against the dark of night. And that star pointed the way to the true light, the light of all people. How does love begin for you? Just before Christmas, as I was riding one morning, I noticed something move outside my window. I stopped to pay attention to the faint grains of snow being blown about in the wind against the backdrop of light gray clouds and brown trees. The flurry was fleeting, and nothing came of it. The snowflakes didn't accumulate into blankets of white covering the ground. They were each ephemeral and insignificant, except for having drawn my attention. I stared in wonder at the tiny miracles contemplating their beauty and waiting for a moment for more. I anticipated the day when they would be so numerous that no one would be able to ignore them. I imagined a day that would be defined by their abundance. And that's how I would like to think about love this year. Each instance of God's grace in our lives is short-lived and almost imperceptible. But even the smallest moments can touch our hearts, which can break into joy and wonder, as if waking from a dream. Arise, shine, 
lift up your eyes, see and be radiant. Love begins small, but always grows. And I already understand that a child doesn't need to grow into an accomplished adult to change the world. He already has changed the world just by being in it. Just by laughing or crying, he has unlocked so much joy and compassion which were stored up in his parents. Just by sitting and playing, he has elicited prophecies of success and well wishes from neighbors. Just by smiling, he has made others smile. Love doesn't have to come with great fanfare to make a difference in the world. Our hearts are transformed from stone to life when we behold the face of our neighbor and see their grief, their joy, their resilience. An encounter that can be arresting can also be inspiring and motivating. Love can, can transform our hearts, claiming our hearts as Christ's own to reign over. And the kingdom of God takes that much stronger a hold on earth as it is in heaven. And so today I'll pray that you'll have an epiphany, that God is close by, that you are included in the beauty and redemption of the world, and that by just being here, you are adding to the joy of those around you. I pray that you'll look for the promise and potential in others, no matter how unwelcome they might at first appear to you. I pray that you'll find peace being surrounded by so many sons and daughters of God, each bearing the image of a loving and wondrous creator. I pray you'll discover in a new way that Christ comes not only for you and for your friends, but also for the poor and for those who have no claim to him. Isaiah's words are meant to be heard by everyone, especially those living under deep darkness. And so I pray that all might one day hear God's invitation to arise, shine, lift up your eyes, see and be radiant, and that all might see the brightness of the light of all people. Amen.